or if Joe Biden will be the next president. But in a state with a deeply polarized population and an incumbent president who is highly suspicious of the whole electoral process, things could turn messy. Firstly, over the last few months, President Trump has challenged the legitimacy of this election, constantly calling it a quote-unquote big scam, starting with the postal ballots, which he might just be preparing to challenge legally after the election is over. And this is raising concerns that Trump might try to call the election prematurely. But the second and more worrying issue is that with Trump refusing to commit to a peaceful transition of power, what happens if Trump loses and actually refuses to accept the election results? With so much distrust bubbling amongst both Trump and Biden supporters as the election draws near, there's also a big worry about a potential blowout with some protesters already planning to hit the streets and US unions discussing the possibility of a general strike if Trump decides to interfere with the election. Now, Joe Biden has been predicted to have a lead over Trump nationally, but so did Hillary Clinton in 2016, which she lost to Trump. As the key to the election depends on the Electoral College and not the popular vote, what are Biden's chances looking like this year? Is a repeat scenario from 2016 expected? And to make sense of what could play out this elections, you'll hear from Andrew Claster, who was the Deputy Chief Analytics Officer for President Barack Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Shalbury. Marred by the pandemic and preceded by a big civil unrest triggered by the systemic racism in its structure, this US election is not simply a fight between Trump and Biden, but is said to be one of the most popular elections in the history of US. And despite the election taking place in the shadow of a pandemic, it's smashing new voter records in more than one way. To begin with who's already voted, 93 million votes have already been cast as of 1st November in the form of in-person votes, mail-in and absentee ballots. And that has already surpassed two-thirds of the total votes from the 2016 election, where 136.5 million people had voted. And this has created quite a record in early voting turnout trends. Secondly, this year, the total postal ballots are also expected to be double of that from 2016 as more and more people have opted for this method due to the pandemic. As per the BBC, about 8 crore postal ballots are expected to be cast this year. Although it's too early to predict what this means for the final results, what does the high voter turnout tell us about this election? And does this help either of the candidates? Andrew Claster says that the early voting turnout is partly because of coronavirus and partly because of enthusiastic Biden supporters. And that's why these votes might favor Biden more. Yes, uh, it's certainly a record for early voting. Um, It's uh, surpassed already the previous record for early voting, which was set four years ago by more than 30 million votes. Uh, In the last election, about 33 to 34 percent of all votes were cast early. In this election, 
by uh, by Monday night, it's likely that uh, well over 60% of all votes will have been cast early. Um, and part of that is due to uh, coronavirus COVID-19. Um, and, uh, and part of it is due to increased enthusiasm, particularly among Biden supporters. So um, the early vote favors Biden and Donald Trump needs a very large turnout of his supporters on election day uh, because they have not been voting early in the same numbers as Biden's voters. It seems likely that uh, that turnout will increase. A larger percentage of 2020 voters are first time voters, that is people who did not vote in 2016 or other past elections. Uh, than was the case in 2016. So it does seem that we're likely to set a new record. Uh, we've already set a rec new record for early voting. It's likely that we will also set a new record for overall turnout. So at the moment, uh, we know that Biden supporters are more likely to vote early, in part because of more enthusiasm, in part because Biden supporters are more likely to take the pandemic seriously than Trump supporters. Um, and also in part because uh, Trump has raised unfounded questions about um, the validity and reliability of mail voting and early voting. So, uh, so we know that at this point, Biden has an advantage um, among those who have already voted. What remains to be seen is the extent to which Trump's base turns out on election day. But that many postal ballots also mean a potential delay in the result. Postal ballots take longer to count, obviously, and in 2016, when the total postal ballots were half the number, even then the final vote total took more than a month to count. But what also matters are the different rules adopted by different states over how and when they want to count the mail-in votes. While states like Florida will begin counting postal votes before Election Day, most other states won't start counting them until the polling is done. And while some states like California will accept votes as long as they're sent by the day of the election, that is November 3rd, even if they arrive weeks later, most other states will only count postal ballots received by the time the polls close on election day. And Mr. Claster explains more on how all of this could delay the result and also how it could impact early leads. So one issue that's going to happen on election night and election morning uh, in India <clears throat> is that some states will count their early votes, their mail votes and their in-person early votes first before the other votes, and some will count them last after the other votes. Um, in addition, some states require that mail ballots must be received by election night other states require that they must be postmarked by election night. So there will still be ballots arriving after election day uh, in several states that will be valid and that will be counted. So in some states, it could look like Joe Biden has a massive lead because he's done so well in the early vote, if those are states that report the early voting first. In other states, and, and that may change, uh, hours or days later. Similarly, there may be some states that count the election day votes first, where it looks like Trump has a big lead. And that could also change 
as the early votes, uh, including both mail and in-person early votes, are added to the total. And to add a little more to what Mr. Cluster said, states which count in-mail votes first, like Arizona, Florida and North Carolina, could favor Biden initially. And places that report in-person election day votes first, like most parts of Virginia, will probably look better for President Trump. But the concern is that Trump may be preparing to legally challenge the delay in results. As we know, way before the election began, Trump had been crying foul about postal ballots, claiming that it leads to widespread fraud. And voicing his displeasure at the fact that counting might go beyond 3rd November, he tweeted, and I'm quoting his tweet, The election should end on November 3rd and not weeks later. End quote. And he also suggested that as soon as the election is over, quote-unquote, we are going in with our lawyers. And since neither the president nor vice president Pence gave a straight response to whether Trump will accept defeat respectfully if it comes to that, there's also this anxiety about what Trump might actually do if he loses. So what if Trump loses and refuses to accept defeat? What happens then? Mr. Claster says that that too depends on the size of the margin between him and Biden. So I think that too depends on the size of the uh, of the margin. So if it's sizable, Trump won't find any support for uh, for his allegations that the vote was stolen, um, stolen and that yeah. he's entitled to remain in place. Um, if it's very close uh, in in some of those key states, then uh, there will be some Trump supporters uh, who will push him to do. Uh, uh, whatever it takes to remain in power. Now, Joe Biden has been predicted to have a 10-point lead over Trump nationally, but in America, you can win the popular vote and yet lose the election because of the Electoral College. The election system in the US is very different from India and also far more complex. Unlike here, where the votes directly go to the candidate, in the US, the voters are not really voting for Trump or Biden. They're actually voting for a representative of that candidate's party, who is their elector? And electors are basically candidates chosen by the state parties prior to the general election who cast their vote for the president. And in the US, there are 538 electors who then vote for the president on behalf of the people in their state. But there's an ongoing criticism about how this is a slightly skewed system and also perhaps not the most democratic method of voting. Why? Well, because firstly, the candidate with the highest number of votes in a state claims all of that state's electoral votes. To give an example from 2016, Trump beat Clinton in Florida by a margin of just 2.2%. But he claimed all of the 29 of Florida's crucial electoral votes. And this matters especially in swing states like Florida. Since in 2016, regardless of Clinton's popular vote lead, Trump was able to nab victory in several swing states and therefore win more electoral college votes. And the second and most important factor is that the electoral votes are not evenly distributed. While the number of electoral votes per state reflects its population, there's a minimum of three votes per state, which means that some smaller states are overrepresented and some popular states are underrepresented in the electoral college. And that's how Clinton lost 2016, despite being the people's choice. And that's also the reason why a lot of people use this to argue that the system of electoral college is in fact flawed and should be done away with. So given all these factors, what are the chances of a repeat scenario of 2016? Mr. Claster gives his analysis on what is different about 2020. So I think there are two things that are different this time. One is that after 2016, a lot of pollsters adjusted their methodology to correct for the problems uh, in 2016. 
And in particular, pollsters uh, have adjusted for education. One of the problems in 2016 was that there was overrepresentation of college-educated voters who, uh, since, who in 2016 and in 2020 lean heavily Democratic. And uh, there was underrepresentation in 2016 of non-college-educated voters uh, who went heavily for Trump in 2016, at least non-college white uh, voters in the US. Um, in 2020, most pollsters have adjusted for that. The other thing that's different in 2020 compared with 2016 is that um, the Biden's margin is larger than Hillary's margin. So if the polls are off by as much as they were in 2016, that still gives Biden enough of a cushion or he has enough of a cushion to win a majority in the Electoral College. Yet he points out that there's also a possibility that Trump gets reelected. Uh, it's certainly possible. Um, if, if the polls are off by a bigger margin in 2020 than they were in 2016, um, if Trump supporters turn out on election day in massive numbers, uh, it's certainly possible. Um, it's not the most likely scenario, but most of the models uh, that I've seen give Trump a, um, a chance somewhere close to 10%, which is lower than uh, than his odds in 2016, when most of the models gave him a chance of, uh, of between 15 and, uh, in one case, as high as 30%. But as the countdown to the results start, follow the Quint for all updates from the U.S. elections. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quinn's website and check out our other podcasts. 